Welcome to David's Speed. There it goes. <clears throat> Hello everyone, this is David Speaks. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the subtler forms of fear that exist. And how to... Literally uncover the fear that's hidden within some emotions. Because when you hear something, this me say something like, there are only two emotions, love or fear, you might think what I'm talking about is dumb because fear and love aren't always kind of like in your face. <laughs> <clears throat> And so you think that I'm lying to you or that I'm just, I don't know, talking out of my ass or something. But really what it is, is that the emotions of fear or love aren't quite, aren't always in your face in the same way as you may think of them. Um, so... I've already talked about some some examples of this, like anger. Anger is caused because of fear or concern, uh, or is concern. Uh, basically, you could think of anger as concern in action, concern for oneself, concern for people whatever it is, concern for your ideology, whatever it might be. So anger contains love and fear, but it's mostly kind of like a fear kind of thing because it's mostly about how somebody or something or some group is doing something to you or or your group or poor people or gay people or whatever it might be. And so, like I said, the fear isn't always in your face. So, take something like an attachment. You might think, well, how is an attachment um, fear? Because I talked about I talked about that in the last episode that I did. Um, and you have to be very aware of what's happening inside of you when you're attached to something. What is happening? You're clinging to this thing. There's like a needy quality, and a need is in a sense a bit of... It's it's love, but it's also fear. Because need requires there to be... uh, If not fear there at the time, then... There's almost like a back door where fear can sneak in into that need and, and make it like, oh my god, this thing is going away. What do I do? This type of thing. So if it's not there automatically, there's a possibility of it being there because of a, a sort of like back door that's kind of like hidden within need. And if you if you notice like clinging up, 
clingy quality to need an attachment, you can see this. So, so it's about basically becoming aware of these things within yourself. Uh, lying as, is actually kind of a form of fear. Um, why, why do you lie? Why do you lie about to other people? Maybe it's because you're afraid that if they find out the truth, they might, you know, dump you or move away from you or, you know, kick you out of their house or something. But it's also because of love of yourself, because you're loving yourself and you don't want things to change. And so you lie because of the fear and the love. But it's mostly about fear. This goes back to the episode I made about all you do, you do for love. You can say sometimes what you do, you do for fear as well. So, take something like confidence. Uh, confidence is actually a, f- a form of fear in a sense. Um, you can almost think of confidence as like a kind of false bravado, uh, bravado in a sense like you're not really like if you're you're confident you're not actually truly confident because confident in the way that I'm talking about it is like where you could literally do something and it doesn't really matter to you at all um, whether it it, it gets praise or uh, um, for, or you know criticism at all it's more about the thing itself that's what true confidence is about false confidence is like sort of like this sort of like attitude like oh I can do it this is cool and if you notice there's a bit of fear in there why why is there fear and sure, there's love there as well. There's love for the thing that you're doing. There's love for the feeling of confidence. But there's fear because of the possibility that you might fail. Um, because your identity is linked to what you're doing. Versus like the other form of confidence where your identity is not linked to what you're doing. So, the fear isn't always going to be in your face. The fear is going to be kind of like in there somewhere, but it's not going to be like really obvious necessarily. Uh, And so, what about, and so you might have to like sit there and dig into the emotion and the thought to find the fear. And like, where is this fear? Is there fear here? How do I find Or not how do I find it, but where is it? Is it deep in it? Like, is there like a way it'll sneak in? How? Um, and then you'll see it. Well, just pure awareness. Not, with, not by speculating about it. Not by trying to find it with your mind. Like, 
intellectually speaking. Like, oh, the fear could be here. But, like, just with your observation powers. This, this requires cognizance. Um... Displeasure, or not displeasure, sorry, well, that too, well, that's different, that's more of a bodily emotion, but, um, conceit is, is a strange one, um, because you're, you're going beyond, so, so conceit is a weird one. And we'll get to possessiveness in a minute, too, because that's weird as well. Um, so conceit is like love for oneself, in a sense. Uh, it's kind of like over, it's like overconfidence mixed with, like, arrogance. Uh, and arrogance is... A sort of like a form, a sort of like a form, form of hate, almost like a form of like, oh, you people are just so dumb, and why is he doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you arrogant? If you're arrogant, why are you doing this? Why, you, if you're conceited, right now, why are you like this? It's because. You have a love for yourself, and you have hate, hate for others, and you have this like this like this superiority attitude more uh, toward, towards others because of fear that you you might be proven wrong, or that you that the the people who go after you are actually right, but this fear is hidden; it's not in your face. So it's not obvious, and so you don't think there's any fear in you. You're like, I'm fearless. What are you talking about? Uh, so it's not always going to be in your face. So it's about becoming aware of this uh, attitude within you. So, you might be asking uh, some questions, like, well, what about loneliness? What about depression? Um, what about sadness? Things like this. Uh, so, what is required for loneliness? An attachment to having a remote or romantic partner? And as I've talked about, attachment is another form of fear. Like that, like I said, if it's not there now, it's going to be there. It, it, and it is, uh, there's like a back door where the fear can show up. We could think of um, attachment as, as kind of like a seesaw, right? Like the love is there, it's on the seesaw, but the, the, 
there is a potential for the fear to show up on this seesaw. Um, it's not a really good example, but something like that. But uh, the fear then takes over and starts moving things around too much. Um, so loneliness is about um, so you may have to sit there and you have to sit there and question like what 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 exactly what exactly does loneliness mean it means you know being lonely like you're you know want somebody in your life but they're not there so it's a form of lack and a form of lack is a form of fear all that fear really is is lack um in some forms in other forms it's about something that should be there or something that isn't there that shouldn't be there's something that something that is there that shouldn't be sorry and so like if a bear is coming up to you you're going to be fearful because there's something that's not there as well like peace oh my god this bear is here no what, what can I do Oh no! So, in a sense, you could also say that fear is more about lack as well. Um, so, that loneliness is a form of fear because you take loneliness, um, which is actually something that. You know, it's, not, it's not as easy for me to go into because I don't really have this problem as much as most most people. But uh, loneliness is kind of like there's like a victim mentality involved here. It's like a form of like, oh no, I don't have what I want. Poor me, I'm a victim. Um. And and there's like, if the fear isn't there, there's a po- there's this even more possible possibility that there there's gonna be a fear that shows up that says, oh, you're gonna what if what if you never become uh, romantically involved with anyone ever again, this type of thing. So there's like this possibility for fear if the fear is not there. So depression is kind of interesting. And that instead of there being fear as as much as like the other uh, examples, depression is also like loneliness and depression are honestly seem to be pretty enwrapped in each other in some in many cases. Um, <clears throat> from what I've understood, and so you have depression. Depression is a form of lack. It's a form of victimhood. Um, you could almost think of fear as you being a victim. You're being a victim of, you know, the bear attack. You're being a victim of your your loneliness. You're being a victim of circumstance. You're being a victim of, or your group is being a victim of something as well. Your country is being a victim of terrorists, your country is being a victim of 
immigrants, something like this. So you're you're basically living in a state of of lack, of victimhood. Uh, that's basically what fear is, really. If you look at look at its core structure, it's about victimhood more than it is about like. I mean, there are exceptions when it's about a survival. Um, but even in those exceptions, think about like what fear is like in survival situations. And this is where you, we where we kind of go into <clears throat> the idea and the understanding of psychological time from Eckhart Tolle, where he goes into psychological time versus clock time. And there was this insight that kind of came to me yesterday that fear is only possible because of time, or fear is time in a sense. Because if time was not here, if we didn't, uh, we wouldn't have the possibility of lack, right? Because everything would be here all at once, and so we wouldn't have this possibility of lack. And so, in a certain sense, fear, even in this case, is more about victimhood. It's not as overt as the typical ideas of victimhood, but it's still victimhood. Oh shit, the bear's coming. What do I do? What do I do? There's like a inherent victimhood in this statement. There's an inherent like things shouldn't things are the way that I should that they that I think shouldn't be in this statement as well. And this is what psychological time is. So basically, this is what fear is. You could say that fear is psychological time. It's also the pain body. Um, And it's also what some people call pain. And the only reason why I don't uh, say the argument is about pleasure and pain is because pleasure is not love so much as it is a biological state in a sense. Um, Like, for instance, if you were to somehow manage to get dopamine put inside of your brain, which is basically what pleasure is, and and serotonin and things like this, that's not what love is. It's just pleasure. Uh, and happiness. And so happiness, you can actually think of happiness as being, for the most part, a biological state. Now, there are psychological uh, time um, vectors that are involved here, like attachment, attachment to pleasure and happiness. But pleasure and happiness themselves aren't necessarily inherently going to be... Um, Uh, are going to be attachments. They're they're completely different things.
Now, you can you can find happiness with love. Don't get me wrong, I'm not going to be denying that, but uh, happiness is more like a biological state that comes about when something is being met versus something that is not being met, which is, you know, non-happiness, which isn't necessarily depression, but is neutrality or even pain which is what some people would what, what most people would call sadness sadness and depression are not the same thing uh, sadness is some sadness can be created but it also can just happen because things you know happen that you you don't expect and so that causes sadness depression you could actually say that depression itself is, if not it's if it's not self-created, it is self-continued in a sense. Um, because if you didn't have depression, if, or if you didn't have a self, this depression would be useless. There would be no victim to be depressed about things not being there. There may still be sadness, but there would not be no there would be no depression. So it's about being aware of these things and uh, how they kind of work in their core elements, basically. Um, I want to do an episode. I might do it later or tomorrow, but... I want to do an episode about just purely being aware. This is kind of an overlooked facet of spirituality in some ways. And so I'm going to be going over this. And I'm going to be giving you kind of like a meditation. Uh, a related and, you know, basically on how to do this. Um, so... Anyways, this is David Speaks, and I'll talk to you on the next episode. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, you can leave me a voice message if you're a member of Anchor, or you can find me on Twitter at Beyond Minds. You can send me a direct message there. Um, <clears throat> I'll talk to you in the next one.